0: Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at slash with Amex.
1: Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla.
0: Yep, you know that voice. Very famous voice by now. Jacob Padilla and myself. Did I do that right for all you English majors out there? You just never know with me. Sometimes I just make stuff up. Does myself come after the end?
1: Yes. Well, thank you. And and you didn't do uh, Jacob and I,
0: so (laughs) good job. (laughs) All right. I am a college graduate. College is not overrated, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, That is JP, that voice you heard. Uh, Back for another edition of Nebraska Prep's postgame. It's kind of an interesting week. I mean, a nice little—I don't know—wet your palate a little before this week, and then you'll have one game played before Metro Holiday Tournament. So we know a little bit, right? We've got how many did you just tell me undefeated? I think Northeast makes six in the
1: top ten. Six in Class A are undefeated right now for two weeks. I—I
0: I joked with you off air or off pod. Is that a thing? I had to ask somebody smarter than me. Um. What do I make of three Lincoln teams playing really, really well, and one of them isn't pious? Uh,
1: well, I I said I liked both of uh, Lincoln Northeast and I Lincoln am going to give you a little
0: credit for Northeast. <laughs> they've, got right? a, yeah, because they've got a
1: solid little squad there. If anybody
0: outside of a Northeast Rocket alum <laughs> that they were going to
1: be interesting this season, they're not telling you the truth. <laughs> The thing I like about them is they've got like you look at their starting lineup and they've got five different guys like none of them are like division one like guys are going to put up 25 a game, but they got five different guys that can hurt you in different ways. Um, So it it could be one guy this game could be one guy the next like uh, uh, Porter Basil's a, a tough matchup uh Xander Beard's a really uh, skilled scorer. Christian Wynn lit up uh, Papio in the first I, half of I the game kinda, that I saw kind of like Win. Yeah, so they they've got a lot of I different I think he's probably
0: there. the best um pure isn't the word I'm looking for. He may be the best bucket getter of the bunch,
1: right? Uh I'd probably put Xander Beard there, uh but Win's size and athleticism length kind of uh gives him an uh, edge in in some respects there. I think Beards with his footwork and his touch and his moves. He's he's the craftiest scorer, but yeah, like I said, they've got guys that can hurt you in different ways. So uh, let's stay right
0: there in uh, the capital city. Would you and you know Westside get Southeast uh, tomorrow's? And I would not put Southeast in that discussion, but the they're team, really young. <laughs> a team that we said was probably a year ahead of schedule, and this was out without arguably their best player being healthy for a good chunk of last year, Lincoln Southwest, right? Maybe a little bit of addition by subtraction with, um, you know, Bohr transferring. Um, they played so well at times last year, even without the full complement of players, Rylan Smith battling injuries uh, a good portion of the time. I, I mean –
1: what do we make of Southwest? So they've got four guys averaging 11 or more points right now. Um, Rylan Smith leading the way, 17 points a game, uh, really efficient. And then uh, Ben Hunziker just doing it all. He's averaging 11 points, uh, six assists, four rebounds, four steals. Just kind of he's the ultimate do-everything type of uh, utility guard. And w- with him kind of more running the offense, it's allowed Smith to kind of focus on scoring a little bit more, even though he's a quality playmaker as well. So then you've got um, – a uh, Lucas Helms, who has made a huge leap from yeah. last year. Um, I, I like what I saw from him in, in the summer. Uh, he, he made a big leap from just the spring to the summer uh, playing for Lincoln Supreme. So he, he's a guy that's uh, averaging double digits for them. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a really quality squad that are 4-0 right now. Um, and what we, we talked about, Pius, Pius goes and loses to Omaha South, uh, 67-55, 22 turnovers in that game. Yeah, Ricky Lofton and Jacob Martin both like combining for a really efficient 35 points.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and
1: if they can
0: play that way over time, that changes them dramatically. But um with those two guys, it will be it's all about playing under control and basketball
1: decision making. Oh, for sure. And uh Ricky had eight assists in that game and uh plus five rebounds, four steals. So that that's that's one of the uh, his best games that he's played, and then he turned around and uh, had 25 against Lincoln Southwest uh, in the next game, but seven turnovers. And yeah. Omaha South lost 78 59 to Southwest. So yeah. you just look at, again, it's not, you don't love the transitive property, but seeing what South did to Pius and turned around what Southwest did uh, to South, uh, I, I think right now Southwest has a pretty, uh, Pretty strong claim on top team in Lincoln right so now. So let me ask you something, all bias aside, because you coach him during the summer. So, who do you
0: slot next? The, the Templemire led Spartans, or do you like the Rockets, who you kind of, a little ominous foreshadowing? Oh, I think I kind of like Lincoln Northeast before we kind of started these basketball previews. Uh, both teams right
1: there. East with the one loss, the Rockets undefeated, but East probably played the tougher schedule for sure. Because I, I don't think Northeast has played anybody as good as uh, Prep, and that's the one loss, and it was on a buzzer beater. But the Spartans are three and one, and Card Templemyers led them in scoring every game. They they just I went up and watched them win at Gretna on Saturday, um, and Templemyer had eighteen in that game. He was the only one in double digits for that team, but what uh, Jeff Campbell is doing is he's using his full roster mm. and he's playing basically every healthy player. All, all 11 guys that were suited up. Uh, Connor Hamilton's uh, going to be out for a little bit, but he played in the first two games. Malachi uh, Coleman didn't play in the first two coming out of the football season, but he played in the last two. Um, so th- they're using everybody. And um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily something that you want to do all season long playing 11, 12 guys. Um, but, He's got the the ability to do that, and you've got different pieces that can match up depending on the situation. So who do you think, it's not going to be Marfisi, like who's kind of going to be maybe the odd man out? Uh, Well, I I think they're going to have to narrow down kind of the the front court rotation a little bit. They've got Van Genderen, they've got Storer, they've got um, uh, Coleman, obviously. Um, Those are three guys right there that are probably going to play strictly the five for them. Um, so, again, I'd probably make some uh, decisions there, but uh, you got a couple of seniors, Isaac Mickle and um, uh, 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 Shirk, Logan Shirk. Um, those are probably the guys that are kind of on the edge right there, but those are guys seniors that, that have yeah, been in the Shirk program is for a while. A, Shirk is a senior. So, so they've got uh, experience there as well, and you can turn to them for the specific roles because uh, Mickle can come in and knock down shots if you need him in a pinch. Um, so, e- even if you, you look at the depth, they, they've got a lot of pieces. I don't know that Northeast can. Match up with, with that depth, um, I think maybe you give a slight edge to the starting five for for Northeast right now, but um, East I, I think they've been really impressive what they what they've done getting off to a three one start after losing. A guy that did so much for them last year and Carter Glenn, who averaged almost twenty a game. Yeah. Mc and- McPhail has seemed to pick up kind of that that kind of that
0: backcourt punch as he's kind of growing into his body a little bit, still a little bit slight for a guard. But every time I hear you say Mick, well, I always think you're gonna say Mick because Carter it- Mick has been a
1: kind of a quiet little nice a uh, complimentary piece. And he's a guy that long-term is going to be a really nice piece for him. It's and kinda, just a sophomore. Just a right? sophomore, yep. But that's another guy that is going to get better as the season goes on and I think will become uh, a bigger part of, of what they do. Uh, right now, he's just kind of making his debut at the varsity level, kind of figuring some things out. But d- down the stretch, second half of the season, I think he's going to be a weapon for them. So, um, yeah, I, I like what East has done. They, they've really impressed me. I, I didn't quite know what they were going to be, again, because uh, Glenn had d- – did so much for them last year, and heck, he's starting at Nebraska Wesleyan as a freshman, putting up 14 a game. So, kid was pretty darn good. And, um, we, and we both like Coach Campbell. Yeah, and he he's done a good job I think, in managing this team. and uh, Death, death taxes
0: and the Spartans maximizing in basketball. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. So, S- Lincoln's got off to a pretty good start. I think we knew Southeast was going to be really young, especially without Jake Applegate playing. um, you lose kind of some of your veterans there. So uh, he's turned uh, everything over to the, the sophomores and freshmen uh, outside of Wade Voss, who is a solid uh, junior, but um, that's going to be a team that they're going to have to learn on the fly as they go. They're going to, they're going to be, I think that that'll help them down the line in a couple of years playing all these guys right now, but um, it's going to be tough to get wins with those guys. But yeah. And then we mentioned the, the Pious lost the South and then, they turn around and go down to uh, the Thunderdome to take on Bellevue West on Saturday, and I caught that one as well. And, and that 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 was a old-fashioned shootout in the first half. It was 41-37 at halftime. Uh, Belle West put up 27 in, in the first quarter, then, and then Pius kind of fired back in the second. And then in the third and fourth quarters, Belle West just 27 apiece in in uh, each of the second half quarters. And Pius just kind of slipped away, couldn't keep up there. but not uh, for a lack of trying from Jared Bohr. He had 30 points on 11 of 14 shooting, a variety of shots. And
0: you you can get that with him. He's extremely streaky. Hasn't met a ton of shots that he doesn't like. Uh, But I still think the key for them is sharing the basketball and offensive efficiency, right? They've got to handle it in the backcourt, find another ball handler a complimentary piece to take some pressure off Bohr who isn't what I would call a natural uh, point guard or distributor you know he's, he's, he's got a he's got a scorer's mentality uh, and when you play with that many bigs it will be interesting to see what kind of complementary pieces can play alongside him
1: yeah and Sam Hostrider was really good 20 points doing work in the paint he's got really good body control his depth um, too he's got yeah. good touch his uh his spin move in the paint he does a great job of keeping his balance on that and finding angles to score pump fakes footwork uh, he was doing work in the paint, but outside of those two, they just didn't really get much of anything. Uh, Brady Christensen had nine points on nine shots. Uh, Jack Hostrider never got it going, and neither did Jackson Kessler. And, and right now they don't have a ton coming off the bench. So um, they, they combination of not getting enough guys going, and they could not stick with Bellevue West, whether the transition game in the half court. They, uh, Evan Inselman foot speed. feet. Yeah, yeah, That's Evan Inselman had, I uh, uh, believe it was 16 points, missed one shot all game. Uh, William Kyle, uh, third, 14 points, five blocks, kind of doing what he does. And he, was, he had some self-created buckets, too, little what, mid-post, low-post buckets. If there's one guy whose summer has
0: been kind of a springboard into the versatility that we've seen so far in the basketball season, it's probably William Kyle, the third. He comes up a ton, I know, but... If you look at what he was showing at the tail end of the summer and what a catalyst this could be for this year, his offensive repertoire, he's been in the bag a little bit, right? He showed a lot more offensive
1: capability as opposed to just putbacks and dunks. Yep. And all 10 players uh, that played for Bellevue West scored, uh, scored nine of them scored at least twice. Um, And, the kind of the guy that orchestrated it all was Josiah Dotser again with another great game, 20 points on eight of 12 shooting six assists, four rebounds. And they, he, he's been 20 plus in three of their first four games. And the other one was a near triple double. So Josiah through the first four games averaging 19 points, five, uh, five assists, five rebounds, three steals while shooting 62% from the field, 44 from three and 75% from the line. Yeah. The ability to keep him out of the paint, I think is the key. Um, he's got 21 assists and six turnovers in four games. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not bad for a guy who hasn't played point guard in a couple of in years a, in a long time.
0: Let's get to your Northeast Rockets because we kind of got away from them. I say Yorb just because, right? It's like you know whether you're talking about Valdez or or whomever uh, Basil. Northeast has some options. The schedule will toughen up some. They hammered Northwest uh, the last time out, but I think they have a good quality win. I I like. This Papillion team, their schedule has been extremely yeah. unforgiving. If you're a Monarchs fan with with Bellevue West and Millard North, they've seen Northeast. It has not been tough or, excuse me, easy pickings for a Papio bunch. But I think that's going to turn out to be a good win for Northeast.
1: Yeah, I was there for the first half of that. I had to run down to Lincoln to uh, catch Grand Island um, and Elkhorn South down there. But um, that was a good battle back and forth in the first half. Uh Northeast ended up pulling it out in the second half. Like I said, Christian went at 15 in the first half of that game. Um, but the key for Papio is are, are they going to be able to find enough around Kyle Ingersoll and Luke Lindenmeyer? Yeah. Right now, those guys have been scoring the vast majority of the points. Ingersoll was fantastic the other
0: night against Millard North. Like we, we talked about him for a couple of years now. When, ev- when he gets ready and he asserts himself, he's a tough matchup. He's got great length. He's got tremendous range. Sometimes with him, disinterested is not the word, but when he's engaged offensively and kind of realizes what the matchup is, he's capable of being a different kind of player. There aren't a lot of people that look like him with that kind of skill set in the Metro outside of maybe a guy like Jason Green.
1: Yeah, so they've... Though Ingerson and Lyndon Meyer, they, they they're getting off to a great start, but again, they lost so much in the backcourt. Yeah. Uh, um, w- with Aiden Graham and Joey Highlock, and now uh, Keegan's got to assume the role who's become
0: kind of the Iron Man. I mean, he plays a huge amount of minutes. Yeah,
1: uh, Keegan and uh, Ben Boudreau have, to, after playing very little varsity, uh, previously, are, are now kind of. Uh, thrown into the, the spotlight there at the guard, and they're kind of figuring things out early in the season. So that's going to be a key for them. But, yes, uh, Northeast, uh, again, with, with that, that five-man unit, they're, they're going to have uh, a, a chance to, to be pretty solid. So I'm looking forward to seeing kind of that, that schedule stiffen up a little bit for them in the future.
0: So just to kind of recap, Lincoln, where we started, you'd probably go
1: southwest, east, then northeast, then Pius early on? It's tough because nobody in Lincoln outside of Pius has played a, a team as, as tough as Bellevue West. So I don't necessarily know that I'd hold that too much against them, especially the way they played in the first half. Like nobody was beating Bellevue West the way they played on Saturday night. I, I Nobody, the way they were shooting the ball, the way everybody was scoring. But I, I think just based on the results, they're the only one with two losses there. So you kind of do have to slot them back there. Um, their upside is still definitely to be closer to the top than where they are now, but um, you gotta judge off of what we've seen so far so I think that's pretty fair.
0: Let's go back to the top half. You referenced Bellevue West and their versatility. Let's go to Millard North. Who, another 4-0 team. For all intents and purposes when they move the ball and it doesn't get sticky this is a tough team to kind of guard. It's a, it's it's not St. Thomas and, and Hunter Salas tough
1: but when they move the ball, they've got, they've got a few more options, right? And I, I feel like their supporting cast, they, they haven't even really settled in yet. Like, so we kind of wondered what Jason Green would look like as kind of the lead guy after we've seen him as a utility guy playing off of Hunter Insane and all these guys the last few years. Well, 21-11, three assists, four, four blocks, two steals, 64-38-75 um, shooting. So uh, pretty darn good <laughs> in, in that lead role. Uh, David Harmon's 16 a game, efficient, again, going to the rack. I, I feel like everybody else are outside of them. It's kind of game to game. They're still yeah. figuring out. A L- the- L- little bit of an X factor.
0: I've actually seen him a couple of times <laughs> live. So the key for them is they need consistency in the backcourt, yep. right? An- a- another couple of ball handlers. Uh, with Gaethje, Um I, I-, I like uh, Jackson Page, um, who's – who's a really good defensive player. He's His willingness to defend has been a real pleasant surprise because he's not a big guard, but he's committed to guarding. They're going to need that
1: and, and, and when it's all said and done. And that's the key for those guys that maybe are lacking in size. It's like – can you make that from a weakness into a strength? Can you really get up underneath people? Yeah, and make, Jackson Page has played difficult?
0: really, really well defensively.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's Page, it's Eli Gaith, it's Isaiah McMorris, it's Neil Mosser. All those guys have kind of had moments, but none of them have kind of quite got going consistently yet. So, that's the key for Miller North kind of reaching its, uh, its ceiling. I think Nick Dolezal has been solid. Yeah, I really
0: um, like – he's been a nice complimentary piece. And, and I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens with Miller North, and maybe I'll get another snapshot. Um, as, as you know, they've got the really impressive second half over Omaha Westside. And and Westside kind of like early in football will be better here uh, in the next couple of weeks, especially well, um, with Caleb getting back into the fold, who changes that dynamic. Tremendously, especially defensively, Millard North is going to have to find ways to handle the basketball. Yeah, right. I think that that's kind of that's kind of the thing for them because um, David Harmon has been good off the bounce. Jason Green is a good grab and go guy. The the the, the ball handling will, will Jackson Page kind of emerge as the primary ball handler decision maker for them. I think he's got a, a quarterback's mentality in terms of being able to run the show. But what do you do with 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 Eli and and Mick Morris and kind of those complementary pieces, Monster's shown to be a great spot up shooter, especially when you get him the ball in 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 areas which he could score. I I actually
1: think perimeter defense and ball handling will be key for them. For sure, and that's that's the the crazy thing about a team like North North, four and looking pretty good. Obviously, already have that win against Bellevue uh, or against West Side and they've got as much upside as any team. It's, it's almost a parallel to, to, to your squad in the football season where, yeah, um, yeah you, they're pretty good right out the gates, but with, all, with the number of young players uh, that are in their rotation, they've got a chance to really get better as the season uh, yeah. goes on. Yeah,
0: they're, uh, and we'll get to them, right? It's probably what I would call the number three team. Kevin Stubblefield has, is off to a great start. I'll tell you the guy that's arguably – I don't improved isn't the word. He's healthy. And I think he understands his role. Tate Advadi has been a great, great addition early in the season. He's been ultra efficient. His shot selection has been fantastic. He hasn't really forced it. Um, he's off to an amazing start and, and he's kind of a key cog because when they go young and they have the ability to do this, they had some they had some spots. Some moments the other day where they had Advadi, Stubblefield, CJ Mitchell, Caleb, uh, and Charlie Davis. Like the the ball movement and the shot selection, and and that's without a guy, uh, a knockdown shooter like Payson Gillespie, a really good player like Chandler Meeks, a, a fantastic, you know, get to the rim guy like like Reggie Thomas. You have Logan Wilson, who's really good defensively. They have as much depth. As, as
1: anybody in the Metro not named Bellevue West. Oh, for sure. And that's what happens when you don't have a single senior in your rotation a year ago. You get to bring <laughs> yeah. all those guys back. And yeah. like a guy like Kevin Stubblefield wasn't really part of that last year. He, yeah. he suited up varsity, didn't play a whole lot. Now he's a piece that you can really rely on as a backup front court player. Really,
0: really shown some. You can tell he's comfortable playing with Caleb and CJ, who he plays with in the summer. I really yeah. like that unit. Um, when they were out on the floor, and and Caleb's still trying to get his legs underneath him, but he showed a uh, he showed a lot of flashes uh, against Norfolk. Who listen, you know they've they haven't really had the kind of schedule yet. They'll get Southeast tomorrow. They had Millard North, obviously, kind of feeling their way along. But if Gillespie's shooting it well, uh, Tate advati has been very efficient. The key for them is. Sharing the basketball, number one, and off and committing to keeping guys out of the paint defensively. Miller North did what they wanted to in the second half, just putting the ball on the deck, finishing. It got to be kind of silly at times with Westside's defensive effort. So for them, if they can make the transition to guarding, that offense will be just fine (laughs) because they'll be able to score.
1: Totally agree, and I think what three and one start for West Side. Uh, the the other two undefeated Class A teams we haven't hit on. First, yeah, they're Om- coming. Omaha Central five and zero, and that's after a crazy comeback at Elkhorn South, uh, or against Elkhorn South at home on they Friday. They've shown some
0: resolve, haven't they? It wasn't pretty against North. They found a way to get that one yeah. done, and they held. They hung in there
1: when not a lot was going right against the storm. That's a that's a pretty mentally tough bunch, at least early on. So they, they were down 16-4 right out of the gates at the end of the first quarter. They trailed 44-32 with about five minutes to go. And Jay Dawson just took over. Scored yeah. 13 of their last 18 points. Finished with a really efficient 36 to lead Central TV 50-48 come from behind win. And then they turned around and beat Carney 72-60 on, on Saturday. So Eagles are off to a 5-0 start. And Jay Dawson uh, didn't have a great game in that uh, the. That OPS uh, final, Uh, not that anybody on the court did for either team. That was a really, that was a rock Yeah, there
0: wasn't a ton of great shooting, right? I remember Mason Strong in that one was like 6 of 17, and we're going to get to north here in a second. And and Dawson didn't shoot it well
1: either. But, man, I saw some of the highlights from that, that Elkhorn South game, and, man, Dawson was putting the full arsenal on display. Hitting some ridiculously tough shots, so that's I, I I I've got it in my Rolodex. Pretty good win
0: at Kearney, right? Carney's mm-hmm. still kind of filling their way along, but to go on the road, it's never an easy place to play at Carney with Coach Boronik's bunch. That's a good. That's a good win for Omaha Central.
1: And with with Central um, kind of losing the pieces that they did and plugging in guys that don't have a lot of varsity experience. They need Jay Dawson to be one of the best players yeah. in the state, and for the most part, I think he's done that so far this season, and, and that's why they're six, they're five and zero. Oh. And PJ Davis, he was he scored the other five of that last eighteen. He's, he's the X factor. for He's me. the other guy that's got to be solid for them consistently, game in and game out, because they need a solid what 40, 40 to fifty and, points and from and those two every game. And he's
0: he's a tough matchup. He's long. His arm, his length is much greater than his actual height. When he puts it on the deck and he gets on the glass, when he doesn't just settle for threes, he's a different player, man. He's got a lot in there if, in, when, when he when he maximizes out there.
1: Yeah, and, and then the other undefeated team is Creighton Prep at 4-0, who finds a way to keep winning yeah. despite being in these close games. They beat uh, Millard West by four points uh, on Saturday, and, man, I um, – Thoughts are out to my guys, Zach Grandinette uh, for Millard West Jr., who uh, broke his ankle in that game uh, coming down uh, one possession game, just caught, caught a guy the wrong way, went down. F- feel awful for that kid. He deserves so much better, but, sent, but Prep found a way to win, and right now it's uh, Martell Evans, 18 a game, Luke Junger, 16 a game. And then Joey Richel filling in, 12 a game, shooting well from the three-point take, take line. It, making the most of his opportunity, right? And they really needed it with uh, Casey O'Malley going down in the first game. He hasn't been a part of this for no start. Um, scored six points in the opener before hurting his ankle, and he's been out since. So, they, they've, Sean Ramachandran's been kind of the, the glue guy. I saw he had 11 rebounds uh, on Saturday, I think it was, so or, or one of their games last week. So, they're finding a way to, to, to win these games, um, I, I think, Again, we we haven't seen them at full strength. We'll have to wait to see what they look like when O'Malley is back in the lineup because he's a big piece of what we expected for this season. But uh, and, a, to- and a
0: good test this week, right? With a tough Gretna bunch, who you know Coach Feekin back in town was sending him the best uh, as as the head boss with with the with the Dragons, and then it gets Southwest on Lincoln Southwest
1: on Saturday. It's a, a big it, sh- it should be a good week for Omaha Creighton Prep to see where they're at. Yep. So hopefully uh, O'Malley can get healthy soon and we'll get a chance to see what they really look like. But um, other team, I think we need to mention class A is Grand Island who uh, made history on Friday. Come the first team from Nebraska to play a nationally televised game. They put, went down to um, the Norm Stewart classic down at Mizzou arena. And uh, it was a tough one on on Friday. I watched that game live that ended up being a 53 41 loss to Vashon, a team out of uh, Missouri in St. Louis there. And, they they battled. They had a lead at one point. It was close going in the fourth quarter, and they just kind of went cold and couldn't couldn't find a way to score. But Isaac Trout, twenty four points, eight rebounds. He had four assists, leading to ten points. So he had he accounted for thirty four of their forty one points by himself between scoring and assisting. Um, but they turned around on Saturday, uh, late and play uh, and beat. Blue Valley, um, yeah. a team featuring a Division I Missouri commit in, in Aiden Shaw, who's a freak athlete. And th- they, they win 50 31. Isaac scores 30 himself um, <laughs> on 11 and 14 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, and 5 of 6 from the line plus 10 rebounds
0: his his efficiency without always having the complimentary pieces continues to remain impressive well
1: and he the three ball hasn't quite got going for him so far this season and he has taken some really really difficult three so that's understandable so three is seven from three is probably his best shooting performance yet um that's good to see uh but in the process he broke the school scoring record i believe um so isaac this kind of doing what you expect from them, but good for them to go and get that win. Um, they, they've had a really tough schedule to to open the season. Um, and, and now that they got that win under the belt, got a chance to go experience playing outside uh, of uh, Nebraska. And again, nationally televised, that's never happened before. So um, that was pretty cool to, to watch. And Isaac threw down a couple of poster dunks. The, the first one against Vashon, I, I tweeted out, I was watching that one live. That was ridiculous. A <laughs> kid thought he was going to take a charge and then Isaac just kept going up and up and up and throwing down on his head. And then he got a big one over Shaw, I think, in the the Blue Valley game as well. You talk about body types and frame. I I think when people – so I think the three-point shooting
0: is going to come to him. His body has changed dramatically over the last six, seven months. He's growing. He is a big, strong kid. He's it's not kind of the skinny guy that used to stand behind the arc and knock down threes yeah. as a sophomore. He's He's a much bigger – stronger player. I think he's going to grow
1: into that. And he's going to be a really good college player, especially going through this experience of having to do so much for Grand Island. I think that'll really help him kind of stretch his limits, figure out all the different ways that he can impact a game. And then once he gets to college, he can find a role to settle in and specialize more in a couple of few areas and allow him to be effective that way. Yeah. Let's jump down to B real quick. Because, Only the, three undefeated teams through two weeks left. And that I think that's going to be how it
0: is. Yeah. Between C1 and B, it will be highly, highly, highly competitive. You had the fantastic game with, with Ron Colley and Concordia. Concordia is a team that I like. Ron Colley is a team I know you like. Yeah. Actually, we both like. Uh, I like Concordia, too, for sure. Yeah. But uh, you had a great point off pod. Concordia has some
1: streaky yeah. players. Yeah.
0: Cause, and they showed you that with a win over Ron Collie, then the loss to Fort Calhoun.
1: Exactly. And Fort Calhoun's off to a 4-0 start. They're a good team with the Shorts twins and Grayson Bowman there. But, yeah, I think Carson Masson and Zach Kaluse, they are really good shooters, but they are not afraid to, to let it fly. And if shots aren't falling that night, then I think teams are going to have a chance to stay with them. Uh, they've got some good pieces in the front court with Justin Otten and Zach Alherthy. So, they've got some size they can rely on a little bit too when the shot isn't quite falling, but um, kind of it's a, I think it's a live by the three, die by the three type of situation. And I, I didn't see the shooting numbers from that game um, at all, but um, it was, that was a really good win against Ron Colley. Um, and,
0: and we'll see what happens with their version of the Metro Holiday tournaments, but how, how long. Or what do you want to see from Beatrice, who's off to the really good start, to see if they belong in that kind of that upper echelon with
1: with Scott and Platteview? Yeah, one of the three. Those are the other two. Those are the three undefeated teams right there. Uh, Beatrice 3-0 with wins over Nebraska City, Crete, and Aurora. So none of the teams that were expected to kind of be in that upper echelon, um, none of them have been particularly close. They've kind of looked like the better team for sure in all three of those games. And they've got a, a couple pieces coming back from last year. They lost kind of their main uh, the guys that really drove the engine last year. Uh, but Elliot Jurgens is a really experienced point guard um, and can impact the game in multiple ways. And Tucker Timmerman, baseball commit, started for them at the four last year. He's back as well. Um, so they've got some experience there. Uh, the key is how, how are the new guys kind of filling in and haven't got a chance to see what that looks like yet. But... Yeah, uh, they've done all you can ask for them to this point, so they're going to have a chance to keep proving it as the season goes on.
0: Considering we both kind of know their personnel really well, what do you think is going to be the difference between Scut and Platview? Is it, is it the depth and the multiple pieces of Scut against the star power of Platview? Is there something else different when you kind of look at the teams
1: at the top? Uh, that, that is ultimately going to be it because I, I feel like the depth of Scott, if you can keep Connor Milliken in check or at the very least make him inefficient with it, because he's going to get his shots no matter what you do. He's, he's averaging 26, 8, and 2 on 50, 40, 60 shooting this season, uh, plus about five stocks a game. So um, he is doing everything for them. They, uh, You mentioned Michael Wiebelhaus. He's averaging about 11 yeah, a game. That's kind um, of my guy. He's their X factor. And so they will go along with Draper. They're getting enough out, out of the other guys, but that's going to be the key is can you – force Milliken have a, a 20 on 20 shots type of game versus a 25 on 17 shots.
0: When you look at the matchups potentially and we're way far away. I just I always try to forecast like they would need to find an answer for obviously with with Jake who has been really really good uh, for Omaha Scott and he's he's kind of the one different piece when you look at the different te- when you look at the difference in the teams.
1: And I I feel like with Uh, Grant Dvorak and uh, James Ninifu, you've got some pieces defensively that you can throw at um, uh, Milliken to to make life tough. is really long. Dvorak is uh, really disciplined defensively. He he, works hard. He he hounded a couple of those guys from Side pretty good. So I I, I feel like they've got some pieces to make that matchup work in, in their favor, but at the end of the day, Milliken is one of the best players in the state, so you can only do so much to hold a guy like that down. So I... I, I wish we could get that 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 matchup early in the season uh but in the meantime we're just gonna have to watch these games go unfortunately Scotts only played two games uh, yeah. I believe they're they're two and0 <laughs> 2- but they've outscored those they fast scored Mount Michael and North Platte by a combined 129 to 60. yeah and Mount Michael off to a
0: three and two three and two start a team that may ultimately be better than that they lost so much yeah. uh from a year ago but coach Spooner, a guy that both you and I think both think the world of and he's kind of double dipping as they're as their AD as well, man, it's a it's a lot going
1: on at Elkhorn, Mount Michael. Yep, and uh, just C1, 12 undefeated teams, unfortunately. Um, well, we mentioned Fort Calhoun, uh, Concordia, and all them. 11 undefeated teams in Class C2, and unfortunately the humphrey Lindsay holy family and Hal's Dodge game that I was playing on going on Friday. Got postponed. That's everybody. I think that was going. That yeah. Isn't a, like a Metro fan? I I know Mike Sutter and those guys were going out there too. playing on riding out with Sutter, <laughs> so that was going to be the game. But so that's unfortunate. We'll have to wait for that matchup later in the season. But probably the biggest game uh, to put on your schedule this week is uh not in the Metro. It's Bellevue West heading up to to Sioux Falls to. Uh, they kind of changed the schedule for the part of the Hoop Hall uh, Classic. Bellevue West is facing Corona Corona Centennial from California, who is a top 10 team nationally, according to Max Preps. Yeah. So that'll be Saturday afternoon at the Pentagon at 1 o'clock. So we'll have a chance to see how good Bellevue West really is. What
0: doesn't the Pentagon do? (laughs) Right? They host a lot of good basketball. One of the fastest 30 minutes and change in (laughs) podcast history with my man, Jacob Padilla. I'm Old D.B. We'll be back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. Ton of hoops. Don't you dare miss it. A Huda Media Production.